Good morning. How's everybody? Doing good? Welcome to church. We're so glad that you're here. And uh, we hope that you came today expecting a word from God and, and a, a blessing. We hope that you felt uh, a welcome when you came, like the warm welcome from God's people. And if this is your first time, we, we hope that you sense that. Uh, we welcome those that are joining us online. And we welcome those at both of our campuses, both Saltillo and Tupelo, make some noise for the Lord. Amen? Amen. I want to tell you a couple of things that are coming up. Uh, one is our growth tracks. Our growth tracks uh, will be next Sunday, next Sunday at the Tupelo campus, growth track one, two, and three. Growth track one is, is membership, and uh, growth track two is maturity, growth, growth track three is ministry, and maybe you were attending here and you became a member when we used to call it 101, but you haven't gone through the second one. We want you to do that, so we're really encouraging you to, to do all of the growth tracks. That's very important to us here in making disciples at North Star Church. So that's next week, all right? Now, the, uh, this Wednesday night, and we're really excited about uh, communion, and when we come together to take communion, it's very, very meaningful. It's very special. Maybe it's been a while since you've participated in the, the Lord's Supper or communion, but we want to really encourage you to, to come this Wednesday night. Jesus, when he talked to his followers, he never told his followers, I think this is really interesting, he really, he never told his followers, hey, I want you to, I'm fixing to go, I'm fixing to go to heaven, and I want you to, uh, like, be sure you remember my birthday. Be sure to remember my birth. He never did that. Now, we celebrate Christmas, right? Obviously, this is the Advent season, and we celebrate Christmas, really not just one week a year, but every week is Christmas because of the birth of Jesus. But Jesus said, when you do this, do it, do it in remembrance of me. And that's communion. You see, in the Old Testament, the children of Israel uh, were being oppressed, and God said, I'm fixing to, I'm about to deliver you. But this is what I want you to do. I want you to take the, the blood of, of, of this lamb, and I want you to put it on the doorpost. And during the night, this really happened. During the night, it's called the death angel. The death angel came over, and if the blood was applied, they lived. And so, Jesus is our Passover lamb. Can I get an Amen. And so when we celebrate communion, that's what we're celebrating. The fact that he came from heaven to earth and gave his life that we could be forgiven. So that's this Wednesday night. Be sure and be a part of that. We, uh, the, the growth tracks teach the pathway of discipleship. And, and at North Star, we're all about making disciples. The pathway to discipleship is, and we have this information at guest services, but I, I'm just wanting to bring a little bit of attention to it. The pathway to discipleship 
that our growth tracks teach is worship. There are four things. Worship, uh, small groups, D groups, which is growing deeper in a, in a group, and then changing the world. So we want you to be on that pathway to discipleship. That's our, our ambition. That's our, our goal. Again, welcome to North Star Church, a place where everybody's welcome. Everybody is welcome. Nobody is perfect and... Okay. All right. Sometimes uh, we have to do it twice. It's a place where everybody's welcome. Both of our campuses say this. It's a place where everybody's welcome. Nobody's perfect and anything is possible. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Now, one more thing that's coming up. Christmas is coming up. You've already received uh, this card that uh, this is an invite card. It's not a reminder for you, but you you can use it for that. But it's, it's an invite card, and we want you to give these out. We've got hundreds of them. So don't feel like you're taking too many. I saw somebody earlier with a stack like this and and just hand these out and invite people our Christmas weekend we want people to come anytime right but our Christmas weekend is the 17th of December invite 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 I can't say it enough invite people to come to attend with you your co-workers your family members your neighbors and uh invite people to come now when you leave today you're gonna you're gonna receive one of these and these are campus specific we thought that that was a good idea. So as you hand these out, invite people to the, to the campus that you attend, all right? But do this and, and, and invite people, December the 17th, December the 17th. And then the following week um, is going to be Christmas Eve, and uh, we're going to have one service that morning. It's an abbreviated service, but it's, but it's going to be very special, all right? Let me just let it uh, go at that. All right. Now, we're in a series, we're beginning a series, rather, called Advent. Advent is a word that, that talks about the coming. It's the looking for. And if you want more information about Advent and some of the devotions and activities that uh, you could do as a family, we have some excellent resources on our website. Just go to ns.church. And uh, click on the banner on the, on the front page, the home page, and it'll take you there. It'll, it'll t- take you to a place that, that shows you how uh, you can have uh, Advent devotions from now until Christmas as an individual or as a family. It also has a seven-week uh, devotion uh, plan for, for family, a seven-day plan for a family. It also has uh, a length of, of some ideas of how you can invite people to church, and it also has a link of, of ways you can share the gospel with people, all right? So be sure to go there on our website, and uh, you'll be glad that you did. All right, are you glad you came today? Just say amen, and I'm going to get into the message. This series uh, called Advent, during Advent, the, the first message today is, is on hope. You see, we stand between two realities. In the Bible, they were looking for the coming Messiah, Jesus, right? Jesus has already come, so we're looking, but we're standing between two realities, Jesus' birth and 
his coming again. And so as we celebrate Christmas and Advent this year, we're looking back at the Messiah who came. Now we're looking forward to the Messiah who's coming again. <laughs> that, I get excited about thinking about that. I get excited about looking at the birth of Jesus, but I, I get excited about looking for the return of Jesus. Can I get an amen? And so that's what Advent is about. And so Advent, Jesus came. Jesus came. He was sent from heaven to earth. Uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus came born of the Virgin Mary. And the reason today we're talking about hope is because Jesus is hope. He is the hope of the world. And speaking of hope, let me ask you a question. How is your hope today? The reality is there are some that are listening while at this very moment you feel like your life is hopeless. Because of circumstances in your life or decisions that you've made, there's something on the inside of you that is, that is feeling hopeless. Well, you came to the right place. Because I'm going to tell you today how you can find hope. Hope that is found in Jesus Christ. All through the Bible, God tells us that we need to have hope, that he's created us. He's created us for a, a higher purpose. And sometimes we, we live in a pessimistic mindset. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, not, I'm not the only one because I've been around some of you. <laughs> and sometimes we're just pessimists. But you know, that's not the way God created us. It, it is scientifically proven that we were hardwired for optimism. Yeah. Well, why are we so pessimistic sometimes? The writer in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 said, he said, he has made God, God has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also, listen to this, he has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. He created us. He made us this way to, to hope. Uh, this is what I know, and if you're taking notes, you might want to write this one down. Uh, pessimism. Uh, speaking of pessimism, it may creep in. Yeah, it does. It, it happens to the best of us. Amen. But pessimism may creep in, but it's not the natural. I said natural, but it's really not the supernatural way that we were created to be. God created us to look and to hope. So why do we sometimes find ourselves hopeless? The Bible teaches in the book of Ephesians, Paul writes, and listen to what he says in chapter 2, verse 12. Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenant of the promise, listen, without hope. <laughs> Why? Why is he saying that they were without hope? And he answers it, uh, w without hope and without God in the world. In other words, before you came to God, before you came to Christ, you were hopeless. But in Christ, there is hope. Hal Lindsey, in his book, The Terminal Generation, he said, man can live 40 days 
without food. Three days without water. Eight minutes without air. But he cannot even live one second without hope. Webster says, hopelessness is a life that sees no end. He says it it is a life of despair, despairing, destitute, incurable, no expectation of anything better. But you know something? The good news is we have hope. The good news is is that the Bible throbs literally with, with hope. You go to a bookstore or a store that sells greeting cards. And many more times than not, you'll pick up a greeting card and it'll have a word of of hope. It'll have scripture. It will have uh, the writings of Plato, a statement of Plato. It won't have Aristotle. It won't have Marx, Lenin, or even Gandhi. But it has the words of God. You see, the The natural flights of the human mind are not from pleasure to pleasure, but from hope to hope. Because that's God's design. That's how God designed us. Our our very lives, our very being, we're not craving pleasure. We're hoping for hope. And you come today, maybe you're that person or persons who's perhaps had a hopeless week. You find yourself in a hopeless relationship. You find yourself in a hopeless state of mind, maybe filled with despair, depression, distraught, no expectation of anything better. I want to be the first to tell you that there is hope, and the hope is found in Jesus Christ. Isaiah wrote it and said it this way in chapter 7. He says, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel. I love that because the word Emmanuel literally means God with us. So as we look back during this Advent season and look forward to the coming of the Lord, he came, bless God, and he's coming again. Isaiah wrote in chapter 9, For unto us a child is born. This is an Old Testament prophecy. This was Advent for them. They were looking to Jesus coming. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and holding it with justice and righteousness from that time on forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. You see, our text today is found in Luke chapter 1. And I want to set this up because Mary was living in a very dark time, a very dark time. There there were dark days. Politically, it was hopeless. Economically, it was hopeless. And it seemed like there could be no hope. Uh, In fact, two-thirds of the world during the birth of Christ, two-thirds of the world was in slavery. It was very dark. 
Religion was sterile. People tried to, to trust in, in religion, and religion would not suffice. Religion would not satisfy. It was a, a day when people, uh, when sin had ruined the world and humans had rejected God, it was a day where unrighteousness took precedence over righteousness. It was a day where impurity took precedence over purity. It was a day where injustice took precedence over justice. It was a day where hatred took precedence over love. It was a day where war took precedence over peace. It was a day where greed took precedence over generosity. This is the day of when Jesus was born. In our text for today, if you'll just look with me, uh, in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, the descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went with her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what, what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. <laughs> Listen to this. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and the Lord will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him a throne the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Now Mary asked this question. She said, uh, how can this be? Mary asked the, the angel, since I'm a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she is going to, and she who was said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month. Now, verse 37. I, I want you to just read verse 37 out loud together with me. For, do it right now. Okay. Well, you want me to say one, two, ready to go. Here we go. Verse 37. For no word from God will ever fail. Can I get an Amen. No word from God will ever fail. I'm telling you today, he wants, their, he wants you to have hope, and he'll give you hope. Verse 38, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Mary lived in a time of poverty, a time of uh, doubt, a time of discouragement. Maybe that's how you feel today. Uh, 2,000 years later, <laughs> you, you feel the same way. Well, I, I want to basically give you two things today and, and to help explain the hope that God has given to us. First of all, I want us to look at this was a time of misplaced hopes. This was a time of misplaced hopes. As I said, the world was evil. Sin had ruined the world. They had not heard from God, literally. We just did a series on frequency, on hearing the voice of God. They had not heard the, 
the voice of God in a very long time. And so there was a lot of doubt. They, they tried religion to bring that satisfaction in their life. It didn't work. It was sterile. Their worship was meaningless. It was empty. And basically, they, they were just going through the motions. And they had put their hopes in other things. Church, I want to tell you today, if you want to find hope, you've got to put your hope in the one who offers hope. <coughs> Amen? We've got, to, we've got to look to him for our hope. And this is what I know, and that is that, that God is the, both the, the source of hope and the supplier of hope. God is both the, the source and the, the, the supplier. But these people, they had, they had things messed up. They had it out of order. They, had it, they were putting their hopes in other things. What are you putting your hopes in? Maybe it's somebody. Maybe it's something that you're putting your hope in. Maybe it's a, a relationship. You're thinking, well, I'm just going to try this. It doesn't look good. And people try to steer me away from it. But I'm going to put my hope in that. You've got to, we have got to put our hope in the right thing. This was a day. And it's easy to say that that day was a day of misplaced hopes because they were really messed up. But the reality is we, we have misplaced hopes too. Because we try other things, maybe religion, to fill the emptiness in your life. Maybe you're here today and you're not a believer. You're, you're just checking it out. Or maybe, maybe you're a Christ follower. Maybe you're new to the faith. But God is saying to us, this was a day of misplaced hopes. And maybe in your own life, that's your story. A life of misplaced hopes. But the good news is, I never like to just share bad news. I love to share good news. And while this was a day, and maybe even today, a, a time of misplaced hopes, thinking that that will satisfy me, there is hope for us today. Can I get an amen? There's hope for us. There's hope for us. I, I, I want to tell you some things about hope, but I want to first refer to what Paul said in the, the last chapter of the book of Romans. The last chapter. Oh, well, the, the 15th chapter. But the, from this point until the end, Paul, is, he's already talked about justification. That's how you get saved. He talked, he's been talking about uh, sanctification. That's what happens after you get saved, that process of maturing you and changing you and set, setting you apart. And then he talks about glorification. I didn't just come up with this and make it rhyme. This is what he actually talked about, justification, sanctification, and glorification. And now he closes it out. And he says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, let this hope, God's hope, not man, not relationships, not religion. He says, may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace. You know, we get so busy. This Christmas season will be un unlike 
it'll be no different than any other Christmas season. Uh, maybe someone that you love has gone on and there's a place missing for them. I get that. But as far as the busyness is concerned, we're going to go 100 miles an hour doing our thing. And you know, we start backing up because we got so much to do. We start backing up and having Christmas parties earlier, thinking that's going to free us up. All it does is give us more time to have more parties to go to and with more things to buy. And so we get caught up in the hustle and bustle of Christmas. Even those of faith sometimes tend to find themselves without hope. I've noticed, I want us to notice three things here. I've already said one of them, but I'm going to say it again. The first one is that what is hope? Hope is, is that confident expectation. Now, let me interrupt that. I'm going to come back to it. We live, we use the word hope in our daily vernacular. Don't we? I hope it doesn't rain. It may rain, it may not rain. I hope the in-laws don't stay long. Praise God. I hope they, I hope they don't. And uh, I hope that check comes. But it's a wishy-washy. We don't know. It might, it might not. But that's not the kind of hope that God offers to us. What God offers to us is the real deal. It's genuine. His hope is is real. It is a confident expectation. In other words, I have confidence that Jesus is coming again. I have confidence that he's going to come through. That's the kind of hope that Mary had. She may not have understood it. She, and let me just go ahead and tell you. She didn't understand. The, she, in time, she did, but she didn't understand how I'm a, I'm a virgin. How I'm a, I, I don't know. But she believed. She said, whatever you say, I'm going to do it. Hope, you see, is a confident expectation and a contagious enthusiasm. It's contagious. Have you ever been around somebody that, that truly had hope? That doesn't mean their life was perfect or everything was going good, but they still had hope. I talk to them every, every week. They have that confident expectation, that contagious enthusiasm for what will come. In other words, what's on the other side. The blessing's coming. I may not feel it. The truth is, I don't always feel it. The truth is, I don't always feel my faith. Sometimes I, I don't feel it. And sometimes I even say, I, I, I'm not feeling this right now. God, I do something. Uh, I quote a scripture or two at God, you know. I say, God, all right. You know, David, David said, creating me a clean heart. David said, restoring to me the joy of my salvation. And so we have to go to the one that offers true hope. It's that confident expectation and that contagious enthusiasm that it will happen. Second, sending Jesus into the world was the most hopeful thing that God could have ever done. Sending Jesus into the world was the most hopeful thing that God ever did. And that's the gospel. When we challenge you to invite, 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 and uh, share the gospel. What is the gospel? 
Paul wrote, he said, Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. And he rose again on the third day according to the Scriptures. That's the gospel. The gospel is that God sent his son from heaven to earth and that he, he lived a perfect life and died a sinner's death, paid the penalty, shed innocent blood, became the Passover lamb. When John the Baptist saw Jesus walking up, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. That's our hope. That's the gospel. And that's what we're supposed to be sharing this Advent season and really all year long. And finally, I've said this one already because I just couldn't help it. God is he's both the source and the supplier of our hope. He's not just the inspire of hope. He is the author of hope. He is not, you see, he's got it, but he doesn't hoard it. He is the supplier of hope and enables us to have that hope. That's good news. That's why we say that's the good news of the gospel. And that is the hope, that is that hope is found in Jesus, Luke said, and again, the, the passage that we read together, for no word from God will ever fail. No word from God will ever fail. Now, in our time that's remaining, I want to give you some practical things, all right? So you might want to jot these down. Some practical things to help during Christmas season. Number one, increase the regularity of the time that you spend in Scripture. Increase it. What do you mean, Pastor T? All right, so if you're not reading the Bible at all, start reading it. Uh, you can uh, go to our websites for some Bible study guides and the one on Advent will help. Um, I use uh, the app on my phone called YouVersion. YouVersion. And um, I, I, use, I, use my, I use the Bible with the cover on it too. But I, I love to just on the go sometimes. I, I, I do it every single day. And I'll just be honest, some days I miss it. I say, oh man, because it gives you, it gives you, it brags on you, you know, if you've had a streak going. We need that, don't we? Uh, one week straight. Amen. But I like to open it up, and when I open it up, it's got the verse of the day. Uh, today, just to show you, uh, sort of, just to show you that I did it, it's my verse of the day today was Malachi. It said, the messenger will come. We need that. So, increase the regularity that you spend in the Word of God. Um, if, if you are reading it, let's say once or twice a week, double it. Read it twice a week, four times a week. If you're reading it like three times a week, double it. Read it six and seven. If you're in the Word every day, that's great. Try to get in it twice a day. I'm just telling you, 
These are some things that will help you this Christmas season. Because there is hope, and that hope is in Jesus Christ. And one of the ways, we talked about this a few weeks ago, one of the primary ways that God speaks to us is through the Bible. It's God's Word to us. We say this around here all the time. Don't just get into the Word. Let the Word... Anybody remember? Get into you, yeah. Second, identify those places, some of the misplaced hopes that you have in your life. With the searchlight of the Holy Spirit, let God reveal to you, you've been putting your hopes in money, you've been putting your hopes in your future, in pleasure, have you been putting your hopes in somebody, listen to me, somebody will let you down. But God will never let you down. Yeah. So start identifying those. I ask myself this question. Terry, where have you been putting misplaced hopes? Has it been on your abilities, your insights, your friendships? So ask yourself the same question. And then third, I love this one. During this Advent season, wash over your soul with the promises of God. Are you listening? What do you mean the promises of God? Well, the word hope is in the Bible over 200 times, but there are 365 promises of God. One for every day. So find them. Some of the promises of God. Let me give you a couple of examples. There is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. That's a promise of God. Paul writes in Philippians, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's one of my life verses. Another one. For he is able. Man, I pray this one sometimes. In fact, I prayed it this week. For he is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than I could ever ask or imagine. That is, my friend, is a promise of God. So wash over your soul when you're, when you're meditating, when you're praying. Just claim the promises of God. Though I, this is Psalm 23, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Have you ever done that? Have you ever felt like, man, my life's about over? <laughs> Have you ever felt like, I'm not talking about you think you're fixing to die. I'm just thinking about you, nothing's going right. Relationships aren't right. Finances aren't right. Emotions aren't right. And you think, I'm, a, I'm going through, I'm, this is, this is going to kill me. David said, though I walk through the valley, listen to my words, his words, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Mm. Here's another one. For we know that all things work together for the good 
for those that love God and are the called according to his purpose. That doesn't mean everything's good. Because listen, guys, there's a lot of bad. There's a lot of evil. But the, cl- the promise that we claim, and I washed myself over with this, is that I know that all things will work together for the good for those that love God. And I love God, and I'm the called according to His purpose. I, I claim that promise. Coming to me, Jesus said, All ye who, who labor and are heavy laden, Anybody know the rest of it? And I will give you rest. Some of those, some of you listening to me today, you need the rest and the hope that comes only from God. Here's one more. Man, I could go on. There's 365 of them. Therefore, any man who is in Christ is a new creation. I look at myself sometimes and I think, man, I'm not very new. I've got my share of stuff, but I claim the promise of God, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old has passed away. Behold, all has become new. So here is Mary. In the midst of a dark world and hope comes into the world. And his name is Jesus. Father, thank you for today and for the word of God. And God, hi, it just, it just speaks to where we are. Thank you, God, for this season for the son that would be born and he would be called Emmanuel, God with us and because of Jesus we can have hope. You may be listening today realizing for the first time that you've never been born again. you've You've had a religious experience but you've never truly put your trust in Jesus Christ. I want to give you an opportunity right now to do that. It's not just repeating words. It can be through prayer, but it's, it's from your heart with faith and repentance. And you can say it something like this. Dear God, I'm a sinner and I know it, and I need a Savior. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins, and he rose from the grave. I repent, I turn from my sins, and I turn to you, Lord Jesus. Come into my heart. I put my trust in you, and I follow you as Lord. Maybe your prayer today as a Christ follower, God, help me not to lose hope. Help me to stay focused on Christ. Continue maturing me and making me more like you. Now, I want everyone to please stand. I I just want to pray over you. We have a closing uh, moment of worship. And trust me, you don't want to leave. 
There's plenty of time to get where you're going, but listen and worship. Father, in the name of Jesus, uh, we come to you. We thank you for not giving up on us. We thank you for the second chances that you give us. We pray, Heavenly Father, I pray for every person who has gathered today, who is listening today. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would just uh, use these closing minutes of worship, God, just to draw us closer to yourself. Speak to our hearts. May the Holy Spirit today apply these wonderful truths in your word to our hearts. In Jesus' name.